All right, and we're back with another second date update. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Um, today we have uh, Tommy on the line and uh, looking forward to hearing Tommy's story and if we can help. Tommy, you there? Yeah, hi, how's it going? Good, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. Hey, I had a, I had a little situation I was hoping maybe you guys could shed some light on. Uh, yeah. You know, last late last fall, you know, I started seeing a seeing a girl and and th- you know things really hit off and we've you know over the winter we've gotten really close and started doing even some projects together and arts and crafts did some crocheting but it seems like with every sunny day uh she just becomes more distant less interested in our crafts together um you know we bought a puzzle together and I, i've been doing the whole border by myself it seems like well well tommy it sounds like she could either be coming down with the flu or maybe it could be Springer fever. Springer which, fever? What's that? And you said you just met her this this past fall. This is your first winter to yeah, spring. Yeah, late, late fall. You know, probably November is starting to get cold. And most of the leaves had fallen off the trees by then. Okay, well, I, you know, we don't want to scare Tommy quite yet. Let's, let's dig a little bit further into this before we diagnose it. Um, we do have Tammy on the phone with us. Um, so we're going to invite her in. Tammy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you so much for joining us. Tammy, can you, you've been listening in. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about the way that you're feeling? Yeah. Um, I mean, especially when it gets a little brighter out, you know, I lose a little interest in in some of the like cozy indoor activities. And I just, I got my eyes on the, the mountains and, you know, I feel like I just got to go specifically um, the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, Okay. Oh yeah, this definitely oh, definitely oh. sounds like Springer fever. Yeah, I'm I am sorry to say, Tommy, but uh, Tammy is definitely suffering uh, from what is commonly referred to as Springer fever. Well, mm-hmm. well, what can be done about that? Is it curable? Well, more or less, it can be. Yes. Yeah, so it just takes, you know, there's only one cure. What Tammy's going to have to do is go spend anywhere from one to about 150 days on the Appalachian Trail. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That, that seems like a lot. I, you know, I don't... Well, once you have Springer fevered, it is one of those that just keeps coming back year after year. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Tammy, have you had, have you had a moment... Um, in the past where you felt this same way or, or connection with the Appalachian mountains? Um, I think when I, you know, going to the Smokies, I think uh, there was a day, one day in um, September where it was, you know, a little chilly and we got to sleep outside. And I just was like, man, I just want to do this for months at a time. Yeah, this is, this is pretty clear at this point. Um, so Tammy, we, we do think in, in our professional opinion, the best thing you could do um, is you do need to set some time aside for yourself uh, to spend in nature and, in, in, you know, in the Appalachians. And in, you know what? It, this does come back seasonally, uh, but it could always be cured with another trip. That sounds great. That sounds like exactly what I need. I'm really sorry, Tom. Well, I, I just, you know, what about our puzzle? We can't, we haven't, we've barely started. I just, I mean, if I'm going to make it to Katahdin by July, I mean, I got to leave really soon. Oh, yeah. 
Tommy, I think I think that's best. Uh, are you are you willing to uh, abandon the puzzle for now and venture outside for a hiking trip as well? I mean, I I don't like to start projects and not finish them. I, I feel like I need to to get this done. Uh, but I, you know, I started with Parker. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Well, sometimes it just doesn't work out, or at least not right now. Maybe this is something we'd love to circle back with the both of you maybe next fall or next winter, and maybe we can have you two reconnect. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can have another winter <laughs> fling again. Well, uh, I think that sounds all right, I guess. Well, I do want to thank you both for joining, and the best of luck to you. Thank you. <laughs> We are talking about Springer Fever today, but before we dive in, I'm your host, Brian Iceman-Wolf. And I'm Dalton Cast-Iron-Sperlin. I hope you enjoyed the second date update. It's always good to just to help people connect, and it doesn't always work out. Yeah, and we love, you know, getting some good uh, conversation with our listeners, so. Right? Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with Springer Fever, if that threw you for a loop, we kind of want to walk you walk you through this. So for me, Springer Fever is something that I knew about, and we're going back a little ways now. Um, but, you know, we'll go back 15 years, and it was, I thought, a common thing. And it was just the phrase that was used, uh, or, or the name of the craving or the longing to just head head to the Appalachian Trail, most specifically, but head to the mountains. Yeah, this honestly for me was a newer phrase. I didn't even, uh, hadn't truthfully heard of it um, until after I hiked the Appalachian Trail. So even though unknowingly I had Springer fever, yeah, I didn't truly have a word to diagnose myself until... Much more recently, when <laughs> yeah. you started bringing it up, doctors didn't want to. No, they put just a name turned to me it. away. Yeah. I'd show up and they just shut the door. They wanted to take my insurance. So, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Springer, the Springer fever is named after um, Springer Mountain, uh, which is the southern terminus of the Appalachian Trail. And for those people that hike the trail backwards, they'll start at Springer Fever and head north. Springer Mountain. Yeah, sorry, excuse me. The start of Springer Mountain and head north. Uh, and so Springer Fever is that uh, draw towards Springer Mountain. Yes. And yeah. Springer Mountain is in kind of like central northern Georgia. Thank you. Yeah. That's important for just to give everyone kind of a geographical yeah. location. Um, so it, it really does get this just surge of people. Uh, and this has been happening for a while, but it's, it's, you know, it's exponential, of course, the way, the way that it's, you know, happening, um, and basically like doubling, like every decade, it's like doubling how many people were like surging to the Appalachian Trail. No, it's wild. You can, um, look at, um, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, also known as the ATC, they have on their website kind of a registration for the Appalachian Trail and you can see um, what dates people are starting their Appalachian Trail hikes Mm -hmm. and how many people have started on each day. And you can really see the numbers grow as you kind of enter that early spring um, time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was looking at the numbers on that. I was actually on that, on that site recently, uh, looking it up to see like where are we this year. You know, I was helping a, a through hiker out at the shop. Yeah. Uh, earlier, uh, they are registered, but you know, a few more meetings coming up, and I was just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna wrap my head around kind of what's going on and how many people are starting nowadays. So through January, we were typically like five and under per day. So you can get on there, register your hike, including section hikes or, or um, you know, any style of hike on the on the Appalachian Trail. But you can see how many people starting each day. So you kind of miss some of the what they call the bubble, the, the mass of people. So, you know, we were five or under through January. And then till like mid-February, you know, more recently, uh, it was still like 15 or under. Uh, which is still like a lot of people starting with the intention of long distance hiking, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so they'll start, at, you know, at Springer that day. That's per day. And then as you get to like mid to late February, that number jumps to 20 to 40 per wow. day. Yeah. That's a huge increase. That's so a huge increase. Uh, I've never been at a trailhead with 40 people saying, let's go. Yeah, let's go spend six months in the woods. <laughs> right, like we're all going to get lot. to know each other real well, <laughs> yeah. you know. And of course, they they disperse, but you know, if that's a per day number, you're just you're you're always every day with yeah, that's that hundreds many people. of people every week. Yeah, until they you know until people start dropping out, and then through March, you're you're thirty to fifty people a day. It wow. looked like. You know, and I'm sure they're probably going to still get more people registering. Oh, yeah. And since it's a voluntary thing, registering, that's the numbers of people who have volunteered to register. People don't register. I mean, there's probably tons of people who don't register and are showing up. Right. So like huge swaths of people. And that's why they started the registrations, because like they have to be able to like one, try to encourage people to start at. Uh, you know, a wider variety of dates. Maybe you'll see that 50 people are starting and campsites are probably going to be hard those first few days if you're in that group. And so what do they do? And, you know, of course we do get people starting earlier and earlier. I feel like right every year people really just ready to go right at that new year. We see a lot of January 1st through hikers. I feel like I talk to one or two almost every year. Well, we were just in the Smokies and we ran into one in in our, our weekend. We ran into friendly. I, I don't remember when he said he started. January 9th, I think. Yeah, so. January 9th. So he got a he got a head start on it. And yeah. He still had a crowded shelter, but that was just because of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get you. So, <laughs> you know, Springer Fever, to kind of get back to that, so you, you get the sense of the number of people and the, like the mass of people that really do just rush to the Appalachian Trail. But it, it is also not totally unique to the Appalachian Trail because, you know, essentially as like a lot of what's happening uh, as we get towards spring or just get at least midway through winter so that people have just kind of spent a lot of time indoors um, trying to get through the the rain season and the cold season, the snowy season or the lack of snow season. Yeah. Um, and like they're itching to get out, right? Yeah. They just want to, you know, stretch their legs, get some sunshine. And when it's, you know, particularly dark couple of months. And, right. Uh, yeah, just kind of do something other than put together puzzles. Yeah, right. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a good point. So if you have that yearning, if you're kind of sitting there right now and you can't stop thinking about like, man, I cannot wait to my next hiking trip, camping trip, whatever your passion is in the outdoors, you're experiencing uh, what is commonly referred to as Springer fever. You're, you have a little, little bit of it uh, going on there. 
so there's there's a few things written online that kind of you know outline a little bit more of kind of like okay what what is this like can 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 we define this a little bit more what's going on so kind of read you a little bit of what I what I found here let's hear it all right Springer fever uh, is a lack of free will and being wholly subordinate to an <laughs> overwhelming desire wow that sounds very ominous no yeah right like this it starts off right away. It's it's going right for it. Like this, this is a serious article. Symptoms include strong offensive odors and walking in hordes in what would appear to be an aimless direction. Uh, these figures are thought to suffer from an infection or fever that affects the brain. The infected therein lose control of free will and will do absurd or often unthinkable things. For example, walk for months on end. <laughs> Yeah, destroying their minds and bodies. Yeah, in the process. <laughs> in the process it's on like the Appalachian Trail. Little caterpillars that you know get taken over by the some other creature, and then they turn into little zombies and moving around. Yeah, it's very zombie esque, right? Yeah. Um, so the infected have been seen in uh, in towns near the trail, eating uh, inhuman amounts of ice cream. Uh, and when in remission, victims of Springer fever often admit that they were miserable with their surroundings, <laughs> often in pain, and had an eerie sense that was constantly raining. Um, so there's like some pretty serious side effects from from getting this. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Overwhelmingly, <laughs> it sounds bad, but I think the most curious side effect is that it just keeps coming back. Right. Every I was going to say, what stuck out to you there? Or what, like, spring. what, uh, what symptom have you felt of, like, d- does that resonate with you, that definition of Springer fever that I yeah, just read? Yeah, I felt all of those things many, many times. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely participate in eating way too much ice cream at almost every town I would eat, one to two pints. Well, I was going to say, what's your record? Ice cream eating I record did, on trail. I did do the half gallon challenge, um, in Pennsylvania. And so actually this I learned of day of because of you know shrinkflation things. I don't really know all the science behind it, but a half gallon of ice cream is actually one half gallon container plus a pint. Okay. So I was like, I can eat a half gallon when they pull out the extra pint. It's like wow. Oh. So I yeah, I did about a half gallon of ice cream. Like true half gallon. A true oh, half oh, gallon. Oh, not advertised half gallon, but a true half gallon. Do you think gallon. they do that? Like we're not gonna pull out the extra pint until they finish the fake half gallon and then it's like <laughs> yeah, okay, they throw it out at you. Now you have to complete this challenge. You're like, was it a surprise? It they it was a surprise at the counter, but I knew going like that day when I walked down, I was like, Oh, there's an extra pint I have to complete. Um I still had the chance to back out, but I didn't. Um, you know, you've made it that far. If you can walk that far, what's stopping you from yeah. eating a half gallon of ice cream? I think um, the uh, the the part that resonates maybe the most uh, with me, and I, I kind of want to unpack some of this uh, later today too, um, is is kind of that that feeling in that struggle like the 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 mental and physical like struggle you know so it well it went all the way there saying you know they were miserable with their surroundings uh often in pain uh you know i it's not the way i describe my through hike no 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 i think there's so much truth to a lot of it too like we all know like 
what kind of fun hiking is. Oh, it's, I mean, you don't have any responsibility except setting up camp, eating food and spending time in the woods. Mm -hmm. So it's very liberating, but oh man, waking up every morning, even though all I had to do was walk Mm -hmm. and my body hurt, you know, you're like hobbling out of your tent. Like, yeah, there is a lot of pain. So there's, there's only one, uh, solution that I could find. There's, there's only one, um, one way to, to kind of one prescription, one way to cure it. Right. Uh, and that's to actually just get out and hike more or backpack more or to get outside more. And so that is the only thing. And this is totally true too. Right. Yeah. Is that like those feelings, like you could try to cover them up, but you're just like, the desire is going to get stronger and stronger until you like, you satisfy yourself. Like, Oh my gosh, I really needed that weekend out. Right. Yeah. Like, and it really does like kind of like reset something in your system when you're able to get even just that weekend away um, and just get you like a little dose of nature. Right. Right. No, I hold you over. I could feel it um, these past couple of weeks leading up to our staff trip to Smoky Mountains. Um, just getting more and more excited and just really, you know, kind of just wanting more and more to be outdoors and less and less to be indoors. Right. Um and it was awesome. You know, now I feel more or less that feeling has subsided Yeah, but until it comes back and, you know, once I see some more sunshine, I'll be right back. But well, that's the tricky part of it, right? Is it, it doesn't ever like fully go away. And actually, I would say the more time you spend in nature and the, the more you're in the backcountry, the stronger that feeling comes back next time. Right. So the more moments you have, the more memories you have, the more experience you accumulate, just like the worse it gets. And you'll just be sitting at work thinking really like, when is my next backpacking trip? <laughs> yeah, you've got go to be, sleep outside. You've got to be kidding me. Really? Three months away? No, I, I got to find yeah. a weekend. Right. Um, and, and just to kind of like, yeah, save, save yourself from, from madness um, with any of that. So, yeah, I, I find the whole thing just very interesting because I, I, I find it to be like just very real in people so much so that I feel like this the fever can even hit you like while you're you're on a journey, though, too. Right. Yeah. If you get deep enough into the journey that like, you you know, you're just all in like a through hike. Um, I mean, some of the the deepest that I've gone and just like imagining myself doing bigger and bigger trips and getting out there and, and really like probably <laughs> getting pretty ambitious or dreaming. Right. With it. Cause you're already doing like one of the right. biggest things you've known yourself to do. Right. And like, then I'm, you're like on one, I haven't even finished one trip. And you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what can we do next? Like, this is awesome. Like, why would we stop what this is like? What's happening? You right. Know? Yeah. That's Springer fever. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Springer fever. We're going to take a quick break for some sponsors. And uh, we're going to unpack this a little bit more. Stick with us. I've always wanted to run to the mountains, and now I know I'm not alone. Finally, I'm able to embrace my urges for ramen and instant mashed potatoes without judgment. With With nature, nature, I feel normal normal again. I take nature daily, and so do my friends. Taking nature daily has helped me endure my draining 9 to 5. When I'm feeling down, there's only one prescription. Nature. 
Before taking nature daily, please consult your local outfitter if nature is right for you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Virtual Reality. VR, you may as well just stay asleep. With VR headsets, you can simulate falling almost as well as in your dreams. With realistic graphics, you won't need to go anywhere or experience anything. VR gets you all of the yummy snacks that hiking does without gross, sticky sweat. Now you too can brag to your friends about all the amazing traveling you've been doing, and you could do it covered in Cheeto dust. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Cheeto Dust. As annoying as glitter and as shameful as missing your mom's birthday, Cheeto Dust, go ahead and suck those fingernails. This podcast did not receive consent or compensation from Cheetos or Frito-Lays for the sponsorship and would like to claim all creative rights to the tagline, suck those fingernails in relation to all cheesy snacks. All right, welcome back, everybody. You know, we were just talking about the surge to the AT <laughs> yeah, and the Springer fever. Kind of eruption of Springer fever as it, uh, you know, spreads through hikers and their movement towards the start of the trail. So I've got, I got bigger numbers for you from the ATC, Appalachian Trail Conservancy. So this is 2022. I guess they just don't have 2023 published on their site yet. Uh, but in 2022, uh, approximately 5,000 people attempted to through hike the Appalachian And that includes everyone who went north from Springer and south from Katahdin? Yep, north and south combo there. Uh, Of that, uh, just uh, for fun, uh, you know, they're they're seeing about a 28% completion rate. Um, So over 1,400 people completed. Um, And that is, uh, you know, if I didn't say it already, you know, that 5,000 number is nearly double what it was a decade ago. And then you could see that number, you know, it has basically been doubling like every decade yeah. for the a while now. The infection is spreading. Right. <laughs> it's a very contagious, it's very contagious. Very contagious. Yeah. Right. In fact, listening to backcountry banter is, has been known yeah. to uh, uh, increase the spread of Springer fever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer. Yeah. Sorry about that. If you've already listened to episodes, it's already spread to you. It's too late. It's planted in your head. Hopefully, this is something that you, uh, something that you must do, or something that you will do. Um, I just, I, I, I just think it's such a big number, and I, I'm always intrigued from like our store level, you know, being part of that, you know, retail experience and planning process for people. How many people, even just from the Cincinnati area or that come through our shop that are heading out there and not, you know, of course we, we always have several through hikers a year uh, and then so many more that are getting out there for a day or for a weekend. And I've just always thought that like, it has, it has to be the Cincinnati has just a like disproportionate amount of people. Oh, I think somehow a hundred percent when I was on the trail, people would always just start laughing when I told them I was from Ohio. Yeah. Because I just Ohio in general, I feel like just has a hilarious amount of hikers and through hikers. Um, yeah. Like people from Columbus, Cleveland, lots of Cincinnati people. Right. Um, I think it's a great state for getting people into the sport for one might be some of that, that, that we actually have like some amazing trail networks and parks and preserves and, opportunity right. is there so maybe it's just like ohio is really good at planting the seed and then that appalachians are just like that closest 
most like accessible next step. Right. I feel like, yeah, I did. I kind of cut my teeth going to Red River Gorge and um, Kentucky and then also Wayne National Forest in Eastern Ohio. But like when I started to do some of my first like four to five day long trips, I was starting the Appalachian Trail is kind of where I first started to do the bigger trips. Right. And then it kind of naturally just go, grows from there. Right. Yeah. The interest, the interest is just so huge. Uh, I think I told you this once, but like we tried to, or wanted to at least like somehow like register to be the like furthest or furthest from the trail um like trail town or or outfitter or, or some <laughs> yeah. like support system for the at just because like that obsession runs deep it's like hey just go ahead and put us in there we'll, we'll you know we'll help we'll help too what do you need what do you need yeah, we'll send you stuff we'll mail you stuff well but... because we've done that we've been uh yeah. home of bounce boxes or you know um drop boxes at the post office for for hikers before and kind of held held over some of their food or gear in that support or picked them up or dropped them off uh so we, yeah we're, i'm gonna force myself to be <laughs> yeah. part of this community even if i'm a you know 500 miles away like <laughs> yeah you've done quite a bit of trail angeling for us oh, it's great yeah well, I mean, I, I just feel like every time you get out and if and if you're listening, whether you've uh, experienced a hike on the uh, on the Appalachian Trail or not, um, you know, being aware of it and being aware of trail magic, we could do a whole episode on trail magic. That'd oh, be a lot of fun. actually. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Um, being aware of that so that when you pass hikers, you can you could pass that along. You know, I try every time, you know, we pass through hikers or something to have something Right, to like give a them Snickers or, bar yeah, or a beer I mean, or just how, something. How can I help? A you know, ride to town or you know, some extra food or or whatever it is. And I think that's always fun. And that's like again, that's part of like living, you know, that experience. I think that helps actually when we when we talk about Springer Fever and like how real it is. You know, we're I consider myself very fortunate. I think we're very fortunate in in being in the outdoor industry that that does actually help um satisfy i think some of that desire oh, yeah if i'm right? able to help other people plan their trips and get their gear to go outdoors it's like oh yeah it's a little kind of right sneak peek of right hiking yeah it just makes you that much more connected to it and that connectedness might make you miss it a little bit less so however you could do however you could do that but there's like you found some stuff just like I don't know, like in, in trying to unpack what this is, right? Right. Attaching it to a more real <laughs> kind of side. Well, of... Why do we have that feeling or why are people actually right. drawn towards it? Uh, especially when, no joke, anybody, if you were to like, if you were to give them a questionnaire at the end of every day on the Appalachian Trail, like the majority of the questionnaires, end of day questionnaires are going to end up with like a decent amount of negative content. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably but, like, some of the worst days you've had. <laughs> Right. And, it, you know, maybe one out of every five is good. But when you're done with the experience, of course, you're drawn back to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> um, yeah. So some of the reading I did um, was talking a lot about, you know, just green space and natural spaces and um, urban areas um, and a lot of kind of research, especially done on children who are like, you know, still doing a lot of like mental development while going to school. Um, so green spaces near schools do help a lot with like um, memory, attention, 
and cognitive development in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, it just helps, you know, for them to get outdoors or just have like an open space for them to just en- enjoy um, some outside time. And so you think like that, if they get those experiences, it's kind of like planting that, that seed early right. that yeah then would make the, the outdoors that much more infectious. Yeah, hopefully creating a good kind of natural affinity to the outdoors as they're growing up. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and then even kind of growing up um, as adults, there's been a lot of research on, with adults too, um, working in offices, you know, there's not a lot of outdoor space for anyone working in an office, but research has shown that even having like videos or photos of nature um, kind of on your desk or around your workspace has helped show kind of that improvement, some of the similar benefits that just going outside and hiking does. Um, Not to the same extent, of course, but it still shows some improvement just having, you know, a photo of a vacation or you know, the beach or... Yeah, it's kind of like what we were just saying just about our our work, you know, being so closely related to our play. Like, it's not the same as us getting out, but when you're able to kind of help somebody prep for their journey and feel like even a little bit a part of that, it does, yeah, you you do get a little like, you get the satisfaction from that. So it sounds the same, like like, even just keeping those memories close or, or having those pictures... Of, of trips you've done or, or just in general, I guess, of the outdoors, right? Yes. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's very, very beneficial. I think it just kind of helps make you feel better in general. And even they were talking about as technology keeps advancing, VR, virtual reality has a lot of benefits, um, kind of going one step past the photos Maybe not so much in like the office workspace, but at home, you know, if you've had a busy day and you don't have time to go out to the local park um, or do your walk or hike, Mm -hmm. you're able to kind of use VR to enjoy the outdoors. I think they've got like different hiking trails you can do on it. I've never done. Have you done any I have not. No, I've never actually used VR. Um, It kind of made me dizzy one time and I've just been like, I tried it once like a game and then. Yeah, it wasn't. Wasn't for me. I did it um, once. It was a boxing game. I was exhausted. <laughs> that sounds tiring. That sounds scary. And I just could imagine what I looked like. <laughs> yeah, that's. I do like watching videos of people <laughs> sure. using VR. That is good. Uh, but there, you know, there's probably some like I, I could see some benefits of that for people, especially if there's like accessibility issues or anything like that. Just really kind of tapping into, uh, you know, some sort of alternative that um, provides that experience. Right. Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. Helping with accessibility and just being able to see something you normally wouldn't be able to. Yeah. I found some, some interest, interesting info. Uh, so, you know, looking to the same thing, like why would we be addicted to it? And you, you, you know, I think we can uncover and you've uncovered like some, some of the actual like benefits um, that you receive just from spending time outdoors, being surrounded by the outdoors. Uh, and there's a whole, whole lot there. Right. Um, but in addition, like, you know, when we talk about like the long trails or even, um, even just like a, a week long trip or, or whatever, 
was kind of curious as to like the the psychology of some of that and the um, I don't know almost like addictive nature of that nature those, of nature. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I found this article in the in the track, and you know we'll we'll put some links in our in our blog or whatever uh, or in the uh, description rather. Yeah, but um, it it described it, and it, it was actually referencing a Psychology Today article. Um, but it resembles uh, what is called a variable ratio schedule in psychology. <laughs> is I know. I was like, okay, I, I need to unpack that. Uh, but it actually did for me, so I didn't have to. It goes on to say, That's the best. "Yeah, I know. Do my work." Um, sometimes you receive a reward, um, a feeling euphoric uh, for a behavior. Uh, in this case, we're talking about hiking. Uh, and sometimes you receive nothing for doing the exact same, but you don't receive any reward for the exact same behavior. And there's like absolutely nothing uh, that clearly determines when you get rewarded and when you don't. And then it goes on to make the comparison uh, between that addiction uh, and that of going to a casino, for example. Uh, like, two things I hardly ever connect. Right. Well, just just behaviorally or, or the, the, the right. psychology of like how you'd get addicted to this. Like, right. Okay. So you're out for five days and you are pulling a slot machine to, yeah. to use their analogy. Uh, you're, you're pulling that lever every day or so many times a day on like, what's the weather going to be like? Right. Am I going to have a view or sunrise, like, sunset? How, you know, yeah. so many things um, it, that determine uh you know what of your gear is going to break down or <laughs> yeah are you gonna wake up and your uh, inflatable mat is on the ground um so uh yeah so they, they said that like it creates uh like perfect conditions for they call behavioral addiction okay like, you're you're rolling the dice on like what's going to happen there's a thrill to that right you wake up Just, you get a really nice mountain sunrise one day like oh yeah i really want to go see another mountain sunrise but you might right. not right but and you'll then, go out for three or four days and you're gonna come home like i said if, if you're happy one out of five on trail you, you come that. home and say but i got that moment right, right? like oh, nobody else got it too right like it's not just like you got your money back or you want a quarter like when you pull the lever outdoors and you get that mountain sunrise or sunset or whatever this moment is for you it is the jackpot and that is enough to make you forget any other potentially like bad moment um and you're you know of course you're going to come home you're going to brag about the bad moments and you're totally going to brag and show pictures of the best moments oh right um that was the best, like, because I, I was looking for a while to, like, find something that really described what's happening. And I was like, thank goodness. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I have not heard it described that way. But hearing it makes a ton of sense. And I can definitely relate. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they get in, you know, that article gets a little bit more chemically into it, I think, too, and kind of what's going on and what's firing and, and not. But, <laughs> Different neurons. And but now you know that you've, uh, I guess... I guess uh, instead of the, in addition to the gambling billboards, like if you have a problem, like we need to put <laughs> yeah. billboards well, out just for hiking. Trees and a dirt right, path. right. If you also have a problem with hiking, please consider consulting. Don't cons uh, We're not gonna. I mean, we're only gonna further that problem. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on by. Um, 
So I, I think this has been fun. I mean, uh, and, and I, I truly hope that uh, each of you ex- experiences Springer fever in like in your own way or to, to its own level, because that just means that um, you've, you've at least like had, had that initial experience to draw you back. Um, and that the more you, you were drawn back, of course, the, the better, uh, the more and the better experiences you're going to have. And, and that will continue end on end. And we can just keep, uh, keep getting outside. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's going to feel really inspired after this podcast, connecting nature to addiction <laughs> and <laughs> to a hey, we're just getting real here. Of All right. fever. Oh, it gets worse, right? You found you found yeah, other connections. So if you're interested in doing some research on um, on your own after this podcast, which I highly encourage you to do, there's a lot to be discovered that we can't really sum up um, in this podcast. Be a bit weary. There is a um, Springer fever that happened in 17th and 18th century Australia. It was called Springer fever. Yes, like the same called the same thing. Maybe spring fever. Okay, spring fever. Yeah. Um, but this is a fatal condition, uh, typically with skin lesions, bleeding gums, and feeling very lethargic um recently though it's been discovered that that was actually just scurvy so there is no um doctor prescribed illnesses associated right with springer fever so if you are having any more serious symptoms um maybe nature isn't the best outreach and you should consider <laughs> you should not have lesions <laughs> yeah although uh, you could make an argument with blisters yeah They're that's very, true very similar yes yeah, you. Yeah, okay. There's some. I told you. There's some really eerie kind of like similarities. There uh, are between yeah, these blisters. Things. I mean, you do get a lot of body aches. <laughs> Sometimes if you're not drinking enough water. There will be headaches. But we do hope that it is Springer fever and not scurvy. We really do. Yeah. And, uh, they. You could get scurvy. Just make sure you're eating vegetables yeah. on the trail to make sure you don't have scurvy. If you have Springer fever, come see us. We'd love to chat. No, no, you know. We'll find a place for you to kind of go and satisfy that. If you have scurvy, please stay at home and consult a physician. <laughs> yeah, eat an orange or something. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that, that tidbit. Yeah. On, that, on that note. Um, all right. It's been fun, guys. Until next time, uh, we got some more exciting stuff coming up. And so uh, we'll talk to you again soon. See ya.